When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there, listeners, and welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 351 of Sustainable Minimalists a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. On today's show, we are discussing the scarcity mindset, what it is, why so many of us have it, and how we can leave it in the dust. Because at the end of the day, a scarcity mindset is not serving us, it's not helping us, it's not making our days any brighter. Oprah Winfrey once said, and I quote, Be thankful for what you have, you'll end up having more. If you concentrate on what you don't have, you will never, ever have enough. And that may sound a bit pie in the sky to some of you, a little fluffy, a little, you know, intangible, perhaps. But the reality is that we live in a world in which companies and corporations make money off of our feelings of scarcity, off of our feelings of inadequacy. Advertisements are meant to deepen our feelings of scarcity. And so if we don't already have a scarcity mindset, advertisements do their darndest to create it within us. Businesses make money when we as consumers believe we don't have enough. And that's why they spend millions, if not billions of advertising dollars each year trying to create those holes in our self-worth that we discussed in episode number 343, which of course was the distorted mirror. And so I should say that this is a very personal topic for me, so I'm thrilled to cover it. My life dramatically improved once I first realized and identified that I was living amidst a scarcity mindset. And the best part, and what I really hope to impart on all of you today, is that it's not even all that hard to leave the scarcity mindset behind. A quick housekeeping issue before we get into it. Tomorrow, which is Friday, I'm dropping the first headlines episode of this podcast. I did discuss it briefly on Tuesday's show, but if you dropped off early, you said, I'm sick of this episode, and you (laughs) went on to something else, you may have likely missed this announcement. So basically, I am tired of seeing entertainment news on the, well, news. And so I'm starting a new series on the podcast. Be on the lookout for it to drop tomorrow. It'll be a no-fluff episode. My goal is to bring to light three to four news headlines that have to do with the environment or consumption or something we talk about every single day. I, on my end, will be, you know, experimenting. I'll see if I can even handle producing three episodes a week. I know it'll be a lot for me, but it's also important to me. So I'm going to try it out for a couple weeks. I'm also going to 
check the download numbers, see if you guys are actually listening and actually liking these episodes. And we'll move forward from there. So take a listen to headlines tomorrow. And if you like it, tell me, send me an email, reach out on social. If you don't like it, it's a waste of your time. You can tell me that too. You will not hurt my feelings. I am made of steel. (laughs) All right, so let's get into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. And let's start by defining the scarcity mindset. You might have heard it, especially if you're into self-help, right? The scarcity mindset is getting a good amount of coverage lately, Let's start, instead of me just reading off a definition, which is pretty boring, let's start with a quick six-question quiz. So did you ever read, you know, Cosmopolitan or some other magazine and there's like always a quiz in them? Okay, I'm trying to recreate that in podcast form. So six questions, give yourself a yes or a no answer, and for every yes, give yourself a point, okay? So... Question one, do you often find yourself saying, if only I had something, X, everything would be better, if only? Are you often making if only statements? The thing that you're trying to get does not need to be like an object. It could be, but it could be if only I had more time, or if only I lost five pounds, or if only I found the love of my life. If you find yourself making those if only statements, Often, give yourself a point. Question two, have you purchased at least one item on impulse in the last month? If you've purchased an item on impulse in the last month, give yourself another point. Question three, have you caught yourself coveting something that someone else has or someone else is at least once in the last week? So have you found yourself looking at someone Oh, you wish that you had what they had, or you wish you were more like that person. Give yourself a point. Question four, you often find yourself, so when you listen to your thoughts, when you listen to the chatter that your mind is, you know, constantly prattling on about, when you listen to your thoughts, do you find yourself often thinking about what you don't have? If so, give yourself a point. Question number five, do you find yourself often complaining or venting? If you feel like you're a pretty big complainer, you complain more than the average person, give yourself a point. And finally, question six, do you tend to be pessimistic or do you find yourself getting irritated and annoyed by little things? If so, give yourself a point. Okay, so count up your points. If you gave yourself three or more points, you may be susceptible to the pitfalls associated with a scarcity mindset. The terms abundance mindset, which of course is the opposite of the scarcity mindset, are often attributed to Stephen Covey. He used them often in his best-selling book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the scarcity mindset is the term used to describe the belief that there's never enough. We don't have enough. The scarcity mindset occurs in people who believe that their resources are limited. Now, of course, the scarcity mindset it does not have to do with just possession, so the stuff in your house. It can, but you could feel the scarcity mindset in other ways. So perhaps a big one for me was time, right? I didn't have enough time, so I was hyper-focused on the fact that 
especially when I became a new mom, I didn't have enough time. If only I had more time, I could do this, this, and this. I could feel happier. I could be lighter. I could smile more. You could have a scarcity mindset around your weight. For those of us seeking to lose 5 pounds, 10 pounds, 50 pounds, anything in between, and you're focusing on what you can't eat, you become hyper-focused on your size. If only I lost that 5, 10, 50 pounds, my life would be better. That's the scarcity mindset at play. You can, of course, feel the scarcity mindset at work. Perhaps you've been trying to get a promotion for a long time, but it hasn't come. Perhaps you're not saving as much money as you'd like, and you're hyper-focused, hyper-fixated on the fact that you can't get your promotion or you don't have enough funds, you think you need more money to be happy. That would be the scarcity mindset as well. Well, of course, researchers have found time and time again, if you suffer from a scarcity mindset, so a scarcity mindset, again, meaning that you feel like you don't have enough, whether you do or don't is irrelevant, but you feel like you don't. Living and breathing and operating with a scarcity mindset affects your attention. It affects your self-esteem. It affects your outlook on life. It affects how you behave. So let's talk about the effects of a scarcity mindset for a hot minute. What happens to our minds when we feel like we have too little? Well, obviously, for the purposes of this show, let's get it right out of the way, first and foremost. When we're constantly looking to fill a perceived lack, we're susceptible to filling up our homes with stuff we don't need and we don't actually want, and then we have to declutter all this stuff. We're contributing to the degradation of the planet. And you see where I'm going with this. So, of course, that's why we're here. But it goes so much deeper than that. A scarcity mindset hurts the planet, but it really, at the end of the day, is mostly hurting you. It robs you of the joy that can be had and found in your daily life. A scarcity mindset makes you unable to long-term think, to plan long-term. We did an episode on this, by the way, long-term thinking. I'll link to it in the show notes. But if you're living and operating with a perceived lack, you will then be more likely to exhibit a bias towards the here and now, right? The mind is hyper-focused on your present scarcity. And so it's focused on the here and now, and your brain then no longer has the ability to think beyond fulfilling the lack, even if the lack doesn't truly exist, right? But you can't plan five or 10 years into the future. You can't be goal-oriented because you're stuck in the here and now. The scarcity mindset leads to poor decision-making. Because we're stuck in the here and now, we can't, or we're less likely, I should say, to make long-term decisions that are for our benefit. We're attending to urgent things and we're failing to make those small investments in the future. And psychologists say too that planning for the future does require excess cognitive resources. Another way to say that would be it needs a reduced mental load, right? You need the space, the mental space to be able to plan for the future. And when you're operating from a scarcity mindset, you just don't have that mental space. A scarcity mindset also impacts your emotions. It impacts your self-esteem. It contributes to anxiety, depression, strained relationships with your loved ones. 
We've talked about the concept of neuroplasticity before on the show. And just to recap, just to remind everyone, the best way I can describe neuroplasticity is pretend you're sledding, right? You are on a snowy slope and you're in your sled. And the first time you go down on the sled, um, it's not going to be smooth sailing, right? You got to make the track. But the second time, it's going to be easier to get down the mountain. The third time, fourth time, fifth time. By the fifth time, you are sailing down the hill, right? You are fast sledding. The same thing happens in our minds. The more we think or do something, the slicker we're making the trail. So neuroplasticity can work to our benefit, and we're going to get there in a minute, but it can also work to our detriment. So every time we're complaining about something or feeling negative, our brain is gathering evidence to prove that those thoughts are right. We are slickening that neural pathway so that complaining and being negative is our default state. And when you have that negative mindset, when you're always viewing the world, your situation in a half-empty type of way, it can feed off of itself, can't it? It drains you. It sucks you in. Negativity and a scarcity mindset, they're so draining, aren't they? Now, I should say here, too, that there are instances in which having a scarcity mindset is not all bad. There can be some positives. Scarcity prioritizes our choices. It can make us more effective. When we're working amidst scarcity, we can be extremely goal-oriented in getting rid of the scarcity. <laughs> Distractions can become less tempting. When we have like the perfect example to describe when a scarcity mindset is beneficial for me is I think back to college. I had a paper due at 8 a.m., right? And it's 10 p.m. the night before. I'm in a scarcity mindset. I'm stressed that I only have a handful of hours to finish the paper. That scarcity mindset in that specific instance is going to make me hyper-focused on finishing the paper. I'm going to ignore outside distractions, and I'm going to get to work. So yes, there are very specific situations in which a scarcity mindset can help. But overall, if you just have a scarcity mindset for the duration of your life, when you feel like there's never enough time, money, stuff, it's going to deplete your mental resources and just take the color out of your days. So we're going to shift gear and we're going to talk about, well, first of all, we're going to talk about my transition from my own scarcity mindset. And then we're going to talk about what psychology says are the best ways to flip the script, to transition from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance. We're going to get there after a quick word from our sponsors. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle 
while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. Today we're talking all things scarcity and abundance. We're on to the point in today's conversation where we're identifying how the scarcity mindset rears its ugly head for us and how we can say, adios, you're not serving me. Let's think more about our abundances. Now, before we do that, I want to talk quickly about my own scarcity mindset. I feel as though The way I viewed the world transitioned drastically towards one of scarcity once I became a mom. A lot of transitions happening (laughs) with that first child. But that's around the time when it seemed as though my days got dimmer. I was irritable all the time. I was envious of absolutely everybody. I was envious of the working moms who got to go to work. I was envious of the moms with nannies who got a break during their days I was constantly searching for a quick fix to magically solve all my problems. And to be fair, to be completely honest, sometimes I'm still envious of other people and sometimes I still yearn for a quick fix. But my point here is that my first daughter, she got older and I was no longer in the trenches, but the scarcity mindset remained. So I was no longer a new mom. I was no longer in the trenches but I was still irritable (laughs) and I was still envious and I was, you know, still cranky and the glass was always half empty. I was hyper-focused on what I didn't have, on what motherhood took from me. And it wasn't until I actually like listened to the stories, the chatter in my mind was telling me, it wasn't until I actually started listening to those if-only thoughts in my brain that I realized that, wait a minute, I'm the driver of my own life. (laughs) And Oprah Winfrey was right. Changing my mindset will indeed change my life. So these days, I do have what 
people much smarter than me call a gratitude practice. And again, a gratitude practice sounds so fancy. It's not. I'll get to it in a minute. I basically start each day by writing down three things I'm grateful for. That's it. But I have to say that this very simple practice has really changed my life. Truly. And I'm not just saying that. My relationship with my children and my husband has improved. My outlook has improved. My feelings of self-worth have improved. My thought patterns have like done a 180. The way I see the world around me, everything has changed. And the best news of all is it wasn't that hard. Writing down three things that I'm grateful for every day does take some commitment. It definitely takes consistency. You can't do it once in a while. You got to do it every day, I think. But if you stick with it, I believe that your quality of life will drastically improve and quite quickly as well. So let's talk about what psychology says are the benefits of adopting an abundance mindset. Number one, you're more equipped to deal with stressful situations. And life is stressful for everybody, right? Nobody's immune to stress. Being placed in the center of stressful situations is what living is all about, right? So having an abundance mindset where you're focused on what you do have makes you more equipped to handle those inevitable stressful life situations. An abundance mindset makes you more focused on creating meaningful and satisfying life experiences. So you're getting the most out of your life and you're focused on getting the most out of your life. It makes you more creative, more inspired, more inspiring. It brings the light back into your life. And that's not from psychology, by the way. That's just a personal experience. My life got bright again. And finally, if you want to grow as a person, like if you care about your own personal development, if you care about becoming the best version of you that you can be, the foundation of all that work starts with an abundance mindset. That's really the mic drop moment of this episode. If you want to be the best person you can be, if you want to grow as a person, you need to start. You have to start with an abundance mindset. So let's talk about what research says is the best way to leave that scarcity mindset in the dust. Now, disclaimer alert. If you are currently struggling to have your basic needs met, if you're unsure where your next meal is coming from, if you don't have currently or you're concerned you may not have in the future a roof over your head, I'm not speaking to you in this conversation. I am only speaking to those of us listening today who have our basic needs for food and water and shelter and clothing and a bit of human contact intact. <laughs> if you're fairly healthy and you have your basic needs met, I'm speaking to you. The good news for all of you is that it is totally possible to hack your brain and flip the way you view the world towards one of abundance. And I know because I've done it. Step one, if you are listening right now and you just feel like, oh, I am a negative Nelly. I am um, suffering from a scarcity mindset. And you are suffering, truly. You likely are suffering if you view the world as half empty all the time. For you, if you're a negative Nelly, I suggest you do not start with the goal of attaining an abundance mindset. I suggest, and research suggests as well, that your goal is smaller, simpler. 
it's to adopt an acceptance mindset. So we're not going to abundance yet. We're just going to acceptance first of the way things are. An acceptance mindset is easier to attain. It's an easier goal to reach. So just having the mantra that this is the way things are right now. This is the way my life is right now. I'm accepting the way things are. Just acceptance. Stop fighting against whatever in your life is not looking the way you want it to look. Just accept that this is the season of life I'm in. Life changes. This is where I'm at right now. Step one is to obtain acceptance first. Step two, of course, is the gratitude practice. Now, again, gratitude practice. I hate that term. It just sounds so fluffy, like I need to go to a Buddhist retreat and like drink kombucha and it just, I just don't like it, (laughs) okay? But I have to use the term gratitude practice because I don't know what else to call it. First of all, it's important to remember that gratitude itself at its most fundamental level is the act of noticing and appreciating the good things in your life, okay? So from there, Having a gratitude practice, as ridiculous as that term sounds, is the simple training of your mind to notice and appreciate the good things in your life. That's what a gratitude practice is. Noticing, appreciating, and expressing gratefulness, gratitude, for the good things that you do have. I I know that sounds really complicated, doesn't it? It's not. It's as simple as noticing good things in your life, looking for them, if they don't just pop up in your daily life, looking for the good things and appreciating them. It's about savoring and absorbing and really paying attention to the good things in your life. And I'm willing to bet you do have some. So for me, my gratitude practice, I already told you what I'll tell you again. I have a daily planner. I'll link to it in the show notes. But every day when I sit down at my desk to start my work, um, there's a section in my planner And it is three lines, line one, line two, line three, where I write down three things I'm grateful for. Every single day I do this. And some days, you know, the things are like quick to come to my mind, right? They're the obvious ones. My beautiful, healthy children, my home with a roof over my head, my sweater to keep me warm. I could go on and on. But some days it's, you know, (laughs) some days that scarcity mindset is really rearing its ugly head and it's a little harder to think of three things. But the point here is that there's always three things to be grateful for. Now, I said before, you have to do this consistently. You have to put in the, I don't know, 15 seconds every single day, but the rewards, the benefits go far beyond those 15 seconds because it sets my day up to start looking for the beauty, for the good things, for the for the joy. Um, and I do feel that when I start my day by thinking about my abundances, I am better primed to see all the other abundances in my life as the day goes 
on. It's again that that sledding hill, neuroplasticity, right? The more I sled down the abundance hill, the more I notice and appreciate my blessings, the easier it becomes for me throughout my days to see the abundances, focus on the abundances, and live dun, 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 in that mindset of abundance. So you have your gratitude practice. You're writing down three things. And I really do think you need to write them down. It's not just about thinking three things. I really strongly suggest you write them down. You write down the three things. There's something about the connection between your brain and your pen through your hand, writing them down. There's something about that that I do feel is powerful don't have research to back that up, but I do think it's important to write it down. And so you during that, you're feeling good about it. It's easy. You're reaping the benefits. And now you want to take your gratitude practice. And I'm doing air quotes over here when I say gratitude practice, but you want to take it one step further. You are going to, throughout your days, when you're experiencing a happy moment, a joyous moment, you are going to stop what you're doing. You are going to say aloud, this is a happy moment. You're not just going to think it because remember, there's something powerful that happens when we stop and we write it down or when we stop and we say it, brain to mouth, brain to hand, we stop and we verbalize our gratitude. So here's an example, okay? Just the other day, my youngest daughter, I was tickling her on the couch and she was giggling and we were just having such a wonderful moment and I stopped And I said, this is such a happy moment, isn't it? And she smiled and she said, yes, it is, mom. And when we say it out loud, so we don't just think it, when we stop and we pause and we say it out loud, we're extending the moment. We're extending that feeling of gratitude that we're feeling. We're solidifying our gratitude practice throughout our days. Not hard, right? You can write down three things that you're grateful for every morning. You can stop throughout your days and say, this is a happy moment. This is not a heavy lift. You can do this. And I promise you, the benefits will be drastic and be immediate. Okay, so you're doing those things. And then step three. So step one, you're first seeking acceptance. Once you've got acceptance, you're moving on to step two, which is your fluffy gratitude practice, aka not that fluffy. And then step three, take it one more final step is to surround yourself with positivity, okay? Stop comparing yourself or your situation to others. Stop hanging out with people who are playing the comparison game, who are negative Nellies. Stop listening to messages that are trying to convince you of what you lack. Your environment matters. The people you surround yourself with, their attitude affects you. If you don't want to be stressed out, if you don't want to be competitive, if you don't want to be envious, then stay away from all that negativity, right? And of course, it goes without saying, don't be a negative Nelly either. Of course, there are times and places for venting, but one way to try and nudge our little spheres, our little circles toward a more abundance mindset on a large scale is to encourage and celebrate the successes of other people. Be more positive as we are going about our days. And of course, there's a time and place for venting. I vent to my friends all the time. However, in general, 
Let's let's use the 80-20 rule here. I feel like that could work really well. 80% of the time, you are a positive Sally. 20% of the time, you can be a negative Nelly. Okay, but 80%, the lion's share of your days, go around spreading positivity. Stay away from the one-uppers too. I just have to say this. There's somebody I know and in my personal life, and he is a one-upper. So you say something and then he like shows you up by talking about how great he is. And then it's just a game, right? Like who could get the last word? Who could have the biggest one-up? Stay away from the one-uppers, right? They're just insecure. That's all it is at the end of the day. Stay away from the one-uppers. The final word for today's episode is that, of course, changing your mindset takes time. It takes a little bit of effort, but it's definitely not impossible. And once you change the way you view the world, once you change your mindset towards one of abundance, your life will drastically improve. And also something else that will happen, advertisements will lose their power over you. They really and truly will. The veil will come off. (laughs) They will not have a hold on you anymore. And once in a while, you know, they might get you. They might trick you. But in general, advertisements, marketing, you'll be able to see it right through all of it. Because in your soul, in your gut, in your brain, in your most innermost self, you'll know that you have all you truly need. All right, so show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 351. I will see you tomorrow for our first headlines episode. Remember, it's a no frills, no fluff, give you the news you need in 15 minutes or ideally even less. I'll see you then. Reach out if you need me and take care.